Good morning. We're glad you're here at the Open Door Christian Church with us. If you don't have a church home, we want you to know this is a place for you. You can find a home here. You can find people who love you and care about you. And we're ecstatic that you're with us here this morning to worship the Lord. We pray exactly what that song was just saying, that the Holy Spirit will fall fresh on all of us this morning together in Jesus' name. Would you open your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Acts, chapter 9, or your electronic gadget, or you can look at it on the screen. It'll be in three different places for you. Um, We're in the series, Why Church? Getting back to God's normal. I have a question for you, several questions actually for you this morning. Have you ever asked yourself or asked God questions like, Why is this happening to me? How is this possible? God, what are you up to in my life? God, why are you allowing this to happen? We're going to see in the Scripture this morning today that these are questions to be asked, and we're going to see, that I think, the supernatural answers of God to these questions that come right down into people's lives like yours and like mine. Let me give you the setting if I can. There's three events, supernatural, earth-shaking, worldwide historical events that have never happened before that have already just happened. Number one, the God-man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth as one of us, went to the cross, taking all our sin, the perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and was crucified there for your sin and mine and the sin of the whole world. Event that never happened before. had been prophesied for thousands of years. Event number two is, not only did he go to the cross, but they took him down and they buried him in a tomb for three days. And after three days, he came to life again. He was resurrected from the dead. And he sits at the right hand. He ascended to heaven and he sits right now at the hand, right hand of the Father, interceding for you and I. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Never happened before. But you know what that signifies? Eternal life. You and I have this promise, this ever-waiting promise for us that we can know right now that we can have life and life more abundant, eternal life, because Jesus rose from the dead, the second great historical supernatural event. And another happened, the third one, right at the beginning of the book of Acts where we're in right now. We call it Pentecost. Jesus said before He left this earth, He told the disciples, I have to go away, but when I go, I'm going to send another to you, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, also called Advocate, Comforter, Counselor, and Coach in that translation. I'm going to send you another. And as Jesus went to heaven, He did 40 days later, He sent indeed the Holy Spirit who fell first on the apostles and then on the rest of the disciples and then He began to fall on everyone who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and was saved. And we began to see in the book of Acts God bringing multitudes and multitudes of believers to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith during that time. Well, as often happens... When that happened and multitudes were coming to faith in Christ, the old religious establishment system began to get a little irritated with that. Matter of fact, a little more than irritated, they, got, they began to get downright vicious about this happening, that people were being drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ. And persecution broke out. And many of the believers were scattered out of Jerusalem during that persecution to the outer regions of Judea and Samaria. 
But a time finally came when things settled down. Look with me, if you would, at Acts chapter 9, verse 31. So the church throughout all, all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Things were happening. Man, were things happening. Questions were being asked and questions were being answered in people's lives, just like they are being asked today by you and me, and they'll be answered by the living Lord Jesus Christ as well. Look at verse 32 with me. Peter, in this time of settling down, has left Jerusalem and he's began to go out to the outer regions to check on the believers. Now, verse 32, as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived in Lydda. This village is probably about 20, 21 miles outside of Jerusalem. He's walked there. And he's out and about among the people, and he decides to go and visit the believers here in this little village called Lydda. And I'm sure he wants to go encourage them. Don't we all need encouragement? I sure do. I bet you do too. I'm sure he wants to go and and, uh, make sure that they're persevering in their newfound faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're not falling backwards as so often happens back into unbelief. We all need other believers in our lives around us. That's what the church is for, to help us run this race through life. Who's running alongside of you, and who are you running alongside of in this life, in this race? We're never meant to go it alone in the Christian life. The body of Christ, the church, is the group you come to to spend time with. It's not a building. It's a body of believers just like this. It's a place where you can find a home and encouragement and faith. The church is the gathering where we hear the truth of the Word of God, where we're taught the things of God, where we find faith in Jesus Christ, where we find and discover eternal life through the teachings about Jesus Christ Himself. We're working diligently here at the Open Door Christian Church to create opportunities like that for you to come to be a part of a more intimate setting. This fall, two significant things are happening. Number one is the formation of life groups, 20 to 40 people, where you can come and get involved on a smaller level, a more intimate level. You can rub shoulders with people. You can be encouraged and exhorted and learn and pray together and find love and affirmation and relationships. And along with that is the Alpha training, which will help unfold the teachings of the Scriptures and the formation of those groups as well. I hope and pray that you'll become a part of those and plan this fall to be members of a life group. Verse 33, there in Lydda, Peter found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. This man's an Israelite, a Jew. His condition, he's completely bedridden. He probably either had a stroke or he had some form of what they used to call palsy. For eight years, Aeneas is laid here on this mattress, unable to move. His muscles are paralyzed. For eight years, he's probably cried out that very question. Why am I like this? Why has this happened to me? Why, God, aren't you doing something for me? God, where are you in this? We don't know his spiritual condition because the Scripture doesn't tell us. He may have been a believer. He may not have been a believer. Certainly, I think we can assume that the believers who were there in Lydda, the gathered church like us, knew Aeneas and probably took Peter and introduced 
to Aeneas. Verse 34. And Peter spoke to him. Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And the result was, and immediately he rose. It's very apparent that when we read the book of Acts, that God had given Peter something significant, the gift of healing. God used him to bring healing to people over and over. But I want you to grasp and understand that it was always, always through the proclamation of the name of Jesus Christ in which healing takes place. Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. I believe Aeneas wanted that. I believe Aeneas expected it. I'm sure he had heard about Peter already. It wasn't be- why, why did Aeneas get this healing? Oh, it wasn't because Aeneas deserved it. It wasn't because he'd somehow earned it. It wasn't because Aeneas did enough acts of kindness to other people or he went to the temple often enough to worship. No, it was because God chose in his, to use His power in this crippled man's healing and to display His eternal glory so that other people would be drawn into relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ as well. I have a question for you this morning. Can God have permission to use you? Can God have permission to use you to do whatever He wants with you and in you to accomplish what He wants? Can God use you to pray for someone? Can God use you to introduce someone to Jesus Christ? Can God use you in His hand to care for other people, other believers and non-believers alike. Are you usable enough in your walk with, to walk with someone who you see is suffering and ask them, may I pray for you? May I walk alongside of you in this life? Early one morning, about a month and a half ago, on a Thursday morning after men's Bible study, I was walking back across the street to my car from the offices there in New London and it was pretty deserted. Snow was still on the streets and I happened to glance down the street and if you know the outlay, it's uphill coming up from the main street up towards McHale's restaurant there. And I happened to glance down the street and I saw this older woman who was hobbling miserably trying to make her way up the sidewalk to get to McHale's restaurant. Right away, the Lord said, Rich, are you going to pray for her? Are you going to ask her? And as I, she got a little bit closer, I thought, boy, how am I going to break into this conversation? And I thought, well, let's go to the heart of it. I said, ma'am, you look like you're really in a lot of pain and suffering. And she said, I am. She said, I fell two months ago on the ice and I broke the upper part of my leg just below the hip and they put a rod down in my bones so that I could get some healing so that it would be strong enough to heal. I said, I'm Pastor Rich. She said, my name's Lida. Same name as this village where Peter is. I didn't tell that in the first service. I said, Lida, can I pray for you? You sure can, she said. 
and I edged over by the curb of the street and I laid my hand on her shoulder and I prayed that God would bless her and God would keep her and God would heal her leg instantaneously in the miraculous power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I no more than said amen and a car pulled up. It was her friends who were coming to meet her at the restaurant. And our conversation was quickly over. Listen, Aeneas in the village of Aenea, in the village of Lydda, would not have been healed if Peter did not walk up to him and start speaking to him. God is looking for people just like you and just like me to speak to and to pray with and to minister to people in the name of Jesus Christ. Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. Verse 35. Look what happened because of Peter's obedience here. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him and they turned to the Lord. Our title today in this message is Healing Opens the Door. You see, when God moves in supernatural ways, it opens the door for people's hearts to fall in love with the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. When healing comes, it opens the door to people go, Ah, I understand. I see the power of God. I want that in my life. I need that. People turn by faith to the Lord because of healing that happens in people's lives. The word believe means to accept something as true, something's genuine, something's real. Have you accepted Jesus as true and genuine and real in your life yet? These two villages, Lida and Sharon, would never be the same again because of this one miracle of Jesus healing this paralyzed man, which opened the door for them to believe by faith and to, become, to come to know Jesus Christ personally as their Savior. These people came to a believing, genuine, life-transforming faith in Jesus Christ. You know what? It doesn't take a miracle right in front of you for you to come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. It doesn't take a miracle done in front of you in order for you to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, For whatever was written down in former days, this has been written down, was written for our instruction that through endurance... And through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Do you need faith, love, and hope in your life? Call out to Jesus Christ and God will put faith, hope, and love in your life. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's no other name given among men under heaven by which we must be saved than the name of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. And we move from one, miracle, one healing to now to a miracle in the text this morning. It's a story of a very faithful disciple named Tabitha, also called Dorcas, who becomes ill and dies. The people want her back from the dead. She's so valued, she's so loved in the work of the ministry, they believe that they can't live without her and they want her back. Look at verse 36 with me, if you would, please. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, 
which translated means Dorcas. It was common to have two names, one in Aramaic and, and uh, uh, one in uh, Hebrew. Tabitha, which trans, or Greek, I'm sorry, which translated means Dorcas. Notice how Tabitha is described here in verse 36. She was full of good works and acts of charity. Tabitha, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, spent her life, she invested herself in doing things that would minister most to the people that God brought her to. She was full of good works and acts of charity. What's your life full of? Could that be said of you and me? Full of good works and acts of charity, knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. She gave herself and her resources away to others who were in need. She was a real servant of God, a minister of the hands of Jesus to people. There are many of you just like that, just like Tabitha, here at the Open Door Christian Church. And I just want to say to you, thank you, thank you, thank you for giving yourself away to others. Praise God for you. We love you for that. Thank you for demonstrating Jesus to people. You see, this picture right here is a beautiful, beautiful picture of how we as believers are called to live our lives. Pastor Steve calls it putting skin on the game. This life isn't about us. It isn't about our own gratifications. It's about investing ourselves in other people. People who need to hear about the love of the Lord Jesus Christ that's been poured out for them. It's about taking the resources that God has given and entrusted us with and blessing and investing ourselves into other people's lives. That's what Tabitha did. She was full of good works and acts of charity as a believer in the Lord Jesus. Look at verse 37 with me. In those days, she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. I love the, Luke, the author of Acts and his attention to detail here. Tabitha wasn't sleeping. She wasn't in some kind of coma. She died. They were so certain that she was dead that they took her body and they washed it and prepared it in getting ready for burial and they laid it in the upper room, the upper chamber, as was custom in Jewish times. There was no life left in her. Verse 38. Since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. Joppa's 11 miles away. It's about a three-hour walk minimum. Three hours there to get Peter and three hours back for Peter to come. There was something stirring in the disciples' hearts that believed that God could do a miracle and they sent for Peter because they believed that he might be the conduit in which God would do this miracle of resurrection in Tabitha's life. They knew of Peter. They'd either witnessed or heard about him and heard about the miracles that he had performed. They had a believing confidence in the power of God at work through Peter's life. Today, we have Jesus' power, and we have Jesus' authority, and we have the Holy Spirit who lives in us as believers to give us that confidence to believe and pray for healing and miracles to happen. Listen, miracles and healings still happen today. 
come on. Amen? Miracles and healings still happen today. Look at Brian Orston sitting right over there. He's a miracle of healing in the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 39. So Peter rose and he went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. Listen, this is a minimum of six hours later after she's died. They've already washed her body. There's more time gone than that. So Peter arose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. You see, when God calls us into action, just like Peter, you and I need, be, need to be ready to respond to whatever it needs to be responded. Peter rose, it says here, and went with them. And when Peter arrived in Joppa, he was taken to this upper room in this home where Tabitha's body was all laid out. And many people were standing around there mourning over her death. But especially so were the widows who were present. They took hold of Peter and said, Would you look at this? Tabitha made this tunic for me. Tabitha sewed this shawl for me. Tabitha gave me this garment for me. And they were so in mourning and grief for how Tabitha had taken and showed love and acts of charity and kindness to them. Are you getting this? Tabitha had a great, great, powerful, loving impact on the widows of Joppa. She invested herself in their lives, and they were deeply, deeply mourning her death. Even the disciples at Joppa recognized the good that Tabitha had been doing, and therefore they sent for Peter to come. Why? Why? Because they wanted her back in their lives. They wanted her acts of goodness and kindness and charity and love back in their lives. Death was not an acceptable option for them. They believed God could raise her, and they believed Peter was the individual God could work through if it was to happen. Go get Peter. We want her back. Verse 40 and 41. But Peter put them all outside, and he knelt down, and he prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. And then calling all the saints and the widows, he presented her alive to them. There are ten accounts. Not ten people. There are ten accounts written down in the Holy Word of God from the Old Testament through the New Testament, where hundreds of people have come back and resurrected from the dead. Multitudes came forth from the grave when Jesus Christ was crucified on the, on the uh, cross. And they came up and out of their grave and they walked back into the city to their families. Ten accounts in the Bible where people were raised. Jesus had told the apostles in Matthew 10:8, Heal the sick raise the dead, cleanse lepers, and cast out demons. Peter put them all outside, and he knelt down, and he prayed. Why did Peter put them out? There's another one of those questions. Why did this happen? He put them out because when you're coming to pray for someone, there's no room for unbelief. 
get rid of unbelief in your life. Don't be tossed back and forth like the waves of the sea in doubt. Come believing for what God wants to do in you and through you and the lives of others. Also, there was a distinct separation of naming here. There were saints and there were widows. The saints, we know, are believers. But maybe not all the widows were believers. It's quite frankly possible that there may be a few of them that had not really come to faith in Jesus Christ yet. They didn't possess a faith in Christ, therefore they were full of unbelief. And they didn't and so and they and so Peter took them and in their unbelief and made sure that he got that unbelief out of the way, out of the room, so that when he prayed, the Holy Spirit could do whatever the Holy Spirit was going to do to raise up Tabitha and bring her back to life. Unusual? No. The Lord Jesus Christ did the same thing. In Matthew 10, in, uh, in uh, the book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 40, when he went to heal Jairus' daughter, it says there that he put them all outside except for her parents and the disciples who were with him. Peter put them all outside and he knelt down and he prayed. Listen. Do you want God to move in your life? Pray. Do you want God to heal you? Pray. Do you need to be set free from something that's been plaguing you? Pray. Do you desperately want someone to get saved? Pray. Do what Peter did. He prayed and he asked for this saint of God's physical life to be given back to her. With the authority that had been given him by Jesus Christ, Peter turned to that body and he commanded life back into it. Tabitha, arise! She opened her eyes and stood up with Peter's help. And Peter called out to the saints and the widows and they came back into the room and he presented her alive to them as well. Look at verse 42. Here it comes. Healing opens the door. It became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. Healing opened the door for many people to begin the journey of living in relationship and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ the Savior. Many believe the Lord. Have you? Have you surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you still, or are you still all about you and your own gratification? Aren't you tired about asking those questions? Why is this happening to me? Why doesn't my life get any better? Why don't I get any freedom in my life? Why do I struggle and feel like I'm under this darkness all the time? Have you surrendered, first of all, to the Lord Jesus Christ? And then are you praying, 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 as Peter did, for Tabitha to arise? Verse 43, as we've come to the close of this text. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. He stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, the tanner. This must have knocked some people right off of their religious chairs. A Jew never, ever, associates with someone who handles dead animals. 
This man was a man who worked with the skins of dead animals. A good Jew never went near someone who was unclean like this. Jews always crossed the street or the road to get to the other side, to not get too close to someone who is unclean. I love this, that, that this verse is here. It's just like Luke went, like the, the, the Lord put this one verse right here in the middle of this text for one reason. Peter had to go through some amazing faith transformation. He's had to let go of some major, major prejudices in his life. Not only that, but he's growing and he's being stretched in his faith even to the point of being used to raise the dead and to sleep in the same house with someone who handles dead things for a living. Listen, all of us need to be stretched. I need to be stretched. So do you. You may be here this morning and you've just about given up on your particular situation in life. Can God have permission today, this morning, right now, sitting here in this sanctuary to stretch you, to expand you, to increase your faith? Can He bolster your fortitude to not give up on your need right now? Can you put the negative thoughts and the doubts away, put them outside the room and pray and seek His face? Do you have something going on in your life that looks absolutely horrible, impossible from an earthly standpoint? Can someone else have the privilege this morning to come alongside of you and pray with you for encouragement, for faith, for understanding, maybe even for salvation this morning if you need salvation in your life? Do you need a healing in your life? Do you need a miracle in your life? Just because you've already asked once or ten times, Or maybe you're sitting here this morning and I've prayed a hundred times for that miracle and it's not come. Keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. Surrender your life to the Lord and keep asking and believing without doubt and see what God wants to do in your life. Learn to lean on the other believers in the body of Christ, the church, in faith as well when yours is weak. There's a quote that came across... uh, my path a few weeks ago, and I just love it. Matter of fact, I told Karen I'm going to put this on my office wall. And the quote says this It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay that way when we have the power of the living God that will connect inside of us in our lives. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be in your misery where you're at right now. It's not okay for you to stay that way. Don't be content to be okay where you're at. It's not okay to, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. We have a saying here at the Open Door Christian Church, no one struggles alone in this congregation. No one struggles alone. We love you. There's a place here for you in this congregation. We care about you, and we care about what's going on in your lives and what you're going through. But we know the God who can heal you, who can minister to your needs, whatever it is, so that you can move away from whatever's plaguing you into love and joy and peace. And we'd love to introduce you to Him this morning if you don't know Him. 
In a few moments, the prayer team is going to come up here, but as they're coming up here, there's going to be two gentlemen, one over here, Jeff Krogstad, standing against this wall, and Patrick Sabe standing over here. If you haven't surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've got some questions about what does this mean to have a life of faith with Jesus, I want you to go see them this morning. Just come up when the rest of the congregation is coming up and let them minister to you and explain to you what it means to become a lover of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. Our prayer team is going to come, but we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus to you this morning. We want to lift you and to lift your situation before the Lord this morning. We don't want to want to bring you into the presence of God who says, when my people cry out, I hear and I listen and I respond. That's His promise. If my people will humble themselves and confess their sin, I will hear from heaven and I'll open amazing doors in your life. Prayer team, would you come? Station yourselves across the front, please, at this moment. I'm going to pray for all of us right now. And then the worship team is going to come now at the same time. They're going to continue to lead us in a time of worship and song. But while they're doing that, I'm inviting you to feel free to come forward at any time this morning. Bring your prayer. Bring your hearts. Bring the things that's uh, heavy on you. Bring the things that you want God to heal, to do a miracle in, to minister to. Bring that person who needs salvation. Bring that person. You come if you need salvation. Connect with Patrick over here or Jeff over here. Just come when you're ready. Let's pray together this morning. We open ourselves to your love and affection for us this morning, Holy Father. Help us to love You and one another deeply in the Holy Spirit of God this morning. Holy Spirit, we would pray, minister to us, Your people, right now in this place, in this sanctuary. Pour out new life in us. Pour out healing in Jesus' name in us. Father, do miracles amongst us this morning. Give us freedom from bondages. Set us free this morning, Lord, we pray. Forgive us for the hurts we've caused. Forgive those who have wounded us. Forgive our trespasses against us. And let us forgive those who've trespassed against us. And lead us not in temptation, we pray, Lord, this morning. Lord, we love You. We honor You as King of kings and Lord of lords. There's no God like You, Lord. Pray, we pray, Father, fall fresh on us by faith, we pray in the name of the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I invite you to come forward at any time as the worship team continues to lead us.